Well, this past week, our son Joseph turned seven years old. And I asked him who he wanted to invite to his birthday party. Dad, he said to me, I want to invite everyone. I want to invite all my friends at school. I want to invite the entire church. I want to invite everyone on my soccer team. In fact, he said, you and mom, you guys should probably invite a friend as well. I said, Joseph, how many people are coming to this party? And he said to me, dad, there's going to be thousands, maybe more. You know, you can't blame a seven-year-old for being inclusive when it comes to his party. After all, inviting a whole bunch of people is kind of the point of having a birthday party. Birthday parties are never about the hors d'oeuvres or the table settings. No one cares what color the pinata is. Instead, the most interesting part of every birthday party is always the guest list. Because let's be honest, a party is just not a party unless everyone is invited. And with that, I want to bring you back to our scripture passage this morning and the story of Pentecost Sunday. Because you see the story of Pentecost, it is the birthday of the church. Pentecost is the moment in scripture that God brings us together as a community of faith and gives birth to something new. And if you ask me, the most interesting part of Pentecost, well, it's not the tongues of fire that come down on the disciples' head or the sound of the mighty rushing wind. Instead, if you ask me, the most interesting part of Pentecost, it has to be the guest list. Did you catch it? This is not a small, intimate gathering of friends and family who show up on the Sunday. No, the scripture says it is a blowout. Everyone is invited. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. And there are thousands, the scripture says, maybe more. Is this guest list we see on Pentecost Sunday, it is fascinating. Not simply because it is a diverse guest list. No, it is fascinating because it is, in fact, an impossible guest list. And why is it impossible? Well, it's because half the people mentioned in this list of invitees didn't even exist at the time. Take, for instance, the Medes. They'd have a tough time making it to Jerusalem for Pentecost, given the fact they had been extinct as a people group for over 200 years. And the Elamites? Oh, sure, we read about them in the book of Ezra, but no one had heard from them since. Which is to say, on Pentecost Sunday, there is a gathering of people that others have not seen or heard from in centuries. It'd be like you showing up to church on Sunday morning and sitting next to a Babylonian princess. Or going to a fellowship meal and, and bumping into a Hittite couple that was getting some deviled eggs. These are forgotten people. These are lost people. And yet, on Pentecost Sunday, they show up. They're welcomed back into the church. Lost people are found. Forgotten people are suddenly remembered. 
You know, often in church, we like to ask the question, who's here? Who's around? We, we take RSVP so we can see who shows up on Sunday morning. But maybe Pentecost is a reminder that there's an even better question we need to be asking as a congregation. The question is this. Who's missing? Who's not here? Who are the Medes and the Elamites of the world that have fallen off the face of the earth and no one has heard or seen from them in years? Yes, who is missing? You know, I can still remember bumping into a woman in one of my former congregations while I was out shopping one day at Target. Now, I didn't know the woman well, but I, I knew her well enough to say hello. And so I asked her how she was doing, and, and she said she was okay, but you could tell that she was not being entirely forthcoming. She said, David, actually, things are, are not good. She said, you know, for the past six months, I've been having to stay home every Sunday morning to look after mom because, well, she can't care for herself anymore. And I don't know if you heard, but Jim and I split up, and then, and then two months ago, well, I lost my job. He said, I'm so sorry. I said, I, I honestly had no idea. She said, David, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm a little mad at the church right now. Because the last six months of my life have been a living hell. It's been awful. And do you know not one person, not one person has called to check in on me. Not one person has followed up to see if I was okay. Actually, she said, that's not true. I actually got a call last week from the church. It's from the church office. They were calling to remind me to turn in my pledge card on Sunday morning. It's one of the most important questions we can ask as a community of faith is who's not here? Who is missing? Who has the rest of the world forgotten about? Because the church is not the church if we start forgetting about people. The church is not the church if we start leaving people behind. And over this past year, so many people have been left behind. Quarantine has left so many people wondering if anyone has noticed that they're not around. Quarantine has left us wondering if anyone notices whether or not we're there. So who's not here? Who have you not seen in a while? Who is on your heart this day that needs to hear your voice? Because our church, well, it just won't be complete without them. You see, Pentecost, Pentecost is a moment when we get to see the church not only as it is, but, but Pentecost, it gives us a picture, a vision of what the church could be. A community of faith where everyone is invited and no one is forgotten and the Spirit holds us together. Because you see, God, well, God does not give up on people. God does not forget people. Can a, can a mother forget her nursing child? The scripture says, well, God will not forget you. God is that shepherd that keeps searching for the lost sheep until it is found. God is that woman seeking that lost coin until she stumbles upon it again. God is that prodigal father who waits patiently for his son to come home again. Yes, God is fixated on the people the rest of the world 
has forgotten. In fact, they matter most to him. You know, I'm reminded of a story that Heidi Newmark tells in her book, Breathing Space, which is her memoir documenting the time she worked at Transfiguration Lutheran Church. This is a small Protestant church located in one of the poorest and most dangerous neighborhoods in New York City. Now, Heidi said when she got to the church, she noticed there was a box of rat poison right next to the communion wafers. Now, one of her church members was a woman named Angie. Angie, like so many of the church members there, had gone through a difficult season of her life. She had been raised in a broken home. She had faced so many challenges in life that, that most days she tried to numb away her pain with drugs and alcohol just to make it through the day. In fact, the only reason Angie would come to church was simply to drop her son off for some free childcare in the children's ministry. She started by just dropping him off and going about her day, but eventually, eventually someone invited her to stay. So she stayed for worship. And then someone else invited her to come to a Bible study. And so she went to the Bible study. And then eventually someone invited her to volunteer at the homeless shelter. And slowly, over time, something about this small community of faith, it, it brought Angie to life in a new way. She started seeing the world through different eyes. In fact, she came alive to the point where she decided to become a, a lay speaker in the Lutheran church. And to go to the local seminary and take classes for how to teach others about Jesus. Now, Angie's very first assignment as a Lutheran seminary student was to write a paper on why she was part of that church and not some other denomination. Why did she want to be Lutheran? Well, each week, different seminary students would stand up and present their papers. Some students talked about how they were part of the Lutheran church because they had grown up in that tradition. Others talked about coming to the church later in life and falling in love with it because of its theology or its worship. But then the moment came when Angie had to stand and speak. Yeah, she stood up and she carried her paper in a, a small pink Mary Kay jewelry case to the front of the room. And as soon as she got to the front of the room, she opened the case and she pulled out a pouch filled with ten multicolored pills. One by one, she swallowed each pill in silence. The class was captivated by her presentation. And as soon as she finished the last pill, well, she stood up. She said, if you want to know why I'm a Lutheran, it's because this is the church that loved me exactly as I am. An HIV recovering alcoholic and a child of God filled with grace. Yes, I am part of this church today because they told me that I matter. Yes, one of the most important questions we can ask ourselves is who is missing? Who is not here? Yes, there's someone in your life right now who needs to hear your voice. There's someone in your life that the rest of the world has forgotten and they need you to remind them that they are a child of God and that they are filled with grace and that they matter. As Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. And no one was forgotten and everyone was invited and God called it the church.